Welcome to Grant Seeker Coffee Talks, a podcast for nonprofits to listen and learn from their peers. In this episode, you'll hear tips and recommendations about how best to respond to the COVID-19 crisis. This discussion comes from a webinar recorded on April 2nd, and we actually had 4,000 people register for the webinar, which is a new record for us here at Foundment. We had five panelists sharing their ideas and also responding live to the questions submitted by attendees. So let's dive right into this conversation. The first voice you'll hear was our moderator, Tammy Tilsey, introducing the panelists. So at this point, I am excited to introduce our panelists. Amanda Day is co-host of Fundraising Heyday podcast, and she is a GPC with over 19 years of experience. She is a board president of the Grant Professionals Association, and she's a total book nerd, <laughs> grant geek, and music lover. So welcome, Amanda. Kimberly Hayes Demuga is also a GPC. And she has over 22 years of fundraising and grant-seeking experience focused on health, human services, and nonprofits, from hospitals to food banks to supporting programs, to programs supporting children and adults with developmental disabilities. Joe Miller, GPC, is also joining us. She brings over 25 years experience in grants, uh, fund development, social media strategy, program design, team development, and online communications working with nonprofit and government agencies. And then we have Jonna Rogers, also a GPC, and she has, as she puts it, she's been there, done that. For nearly 30 years, she has helped organizations of all sizes and types address their most critical needs at the federal, state, corporate, and grassroots level. So with that information in our pocket, let's go ahead and get started. Let's start off with our question to our panelists. What have you been seeing out there? Just briefly, how are grant seekers being impacted by COVID-19? Amanda, can you start us off? I'd be happy to. I think one of the um, kind of simplest way is and it's not just grant seekers is that so many of us are having to work from home now and even if you're used to working from home it's a very different environment I know I can speak uh, um, personally I now have two young kids at home that not only are at home but I'm expected to be a homeschool teacher which trust me is not anything I ever expected to be in my life um, and so trying to figure out how to juggle getting your work done, the pressure of not being able to leave your house. And it's sometimes it's not even your kids. It's now your spouse is working from home too. And there's only, you know, there's only so much bandwidth on the internet sometimes and only so many laptops and free quiet cozy corners to actually be able to get your work done. So I think a big part is just figuring out your new normal for your office space. Great. Thanks, Amanda. Kimberly, can you give us your input there? Absolutely. I would start off by saying that as an introvert, you would think that this would be a weirdly kind of dream time for me um, because I can stay at home and get my work done. But um, on a more serious note, um, the work that I'm doing now with clients, the, their concerns are probably the concerns of just about every single person on this call. And it's, can we keep our family and our team workers safe what about their health? Are we going to survive? They're just, 
I feel like we're all sort of in that basic needs, getting those basic needs met. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest concerns, along with some um, big drops, of course, in revenue. Um, lots of clients have had their events canceled and um, working with them to sort of find different ways to reach out and get the operating funds they need now and then to help strategize for the future. It's a mixed bag. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. What are you seeing? You're on mute. I just said I, I'm saying I need to unmute. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like um, Amanda said, we're kind of all learning technology. And even if you uh, were great at technology before and you had Zoomed before, there are a lot of new things happening. Again, the bandwidth thing. Right before I came on here, I told everybody in the household to get off. We had to have a, a strategic plan for our household on how to use the resources we have. So we're using some of those business skills within our own homes. Luckily, I have college students, so I, Amanda, do not have to be their <laughs> teacher because, uh, well, I just couldn't. I wouldn't be very good at it. Um, so we are developing new structures both in our work environments and in our home environments. Um, and that can be, you know, a, a very tough balance, dealing with stress, dealing with um, these changes. And one of the things that I've heard, and maybe you guys haven't, if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it, but it's understanding that we're not just working from home, right? We're not just working from home. We're at home due to a crisis. And so we're trying to work during a crisis from a new environment. That is very, very different. And so for those of us that have worked at home for a long time, I feel like I should know this. I should get this. I shouldn't be as stressed out about it. But it is going to impact all of us. And knowing that we're not going to be as productive um, is kind of a tough thing to um, to, to accept right now. And speaking of acceptance, I think a lot of us, what I'm seeing are a lot of people talking about the guilt that they have, uh, that they're trying to take care of them, their families, they're trying to take care of themselves, and they feel, you know, stressed and upset and frustrated by these things. But all of us work with people that are in a much worse situation than we're in. And so you're constantly going back and forth with that. And that can eat at you too. And that can take away from your energy. So that self-care and that permission and just understanding where we're at as, uh, as a team, being, being with your team and talking about these things. I see a lot of organizations doing happy hours so people get comfortable with Zoom, but also so that we're connecting on a different level, not just crisis mode. We're able to kind of talk and vent. We have friends groups that get together too. So I'm seeing a, a lot of creativity in the way that we connect. And speaking of creativity, I'm seeing organizations find ways to do business in a very, very different way. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, about some of the opportunities, creativity, and resilience that's already coming out of all of this. Great. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing those. Uh, so panelists, uh, let's go to the next portion. Uh, you have, we've asked each of our panelists to provide uh, about five minutes, three, or four, three to five minutes based on tips and recommendations that they have, would want to share with grant seekers at this time. And Amanda, can you start us off? Or no, hold it. Sorry, Jonna. Ah, <laughs> Surprise, I'm mixing up the order. That's Keeping okay. you guys on your That's feet. Okay. Jonna, That's can right. you start with us? Um, I will. I will. I do want to do one thing, though, because as Joe said, we are working in a different place and time. You know, the UPS man drives up 
while you're on a conference call, while the dog is barking, all these things. And as we were kind of hanging out the other day, getting ready for all of this, the one thing we said that we'd always wanted to do on one of these calls is to be the Brady Bunch. Guys, ready? Let's do this. So we're just going to look around. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi. There's a story. You know you want to do that, right? You know you want to do that. So we'll give you that break. Because um, this is a, a really serious time for everybody. It's been stressful. And if you can't find the places to just have a, have a laugh, you know, it, it's, it's tough. So here are a couple of things that, that I'm gonna, I want to talk about. First, I, this is hard, but I encourage everybody to stay in their lane. Just, just stay in your lane. I'm already getting calls from strangers, from clients, from all kinds of people who see money and who are, who are legitimately concerned about their jobs, about their organizations, about, and, but they're also wanting to know what's in this for me. What's in this for my agency? There's a lot of money out there. How do we capitalize on that? And so what I would say nicely, sweetly, as, as, as comfortingly as I can is, you know, if you're not a food bank, don't try to get a grant for food money. Okay. <laughs> if, if that's, it's not your mission. You know, if you take care of puppies, that's awesome. And I hear great things from our animal shelters that a lot of animals are being adopted. That's awesome. We have a, one of our kennels is empty. Awesome. Because people have, have found the time they need to spend with. So there, there are some bright spots. But try to make sure your mission is what you're still focused on. For those of you, you know, like me, I've got a couple of clients that are doing some research projects. Well, unless you're researching COVID-19 and, and you know, that's going to be a little difficult. Um, so try to stay in your lane. And even more important than that, make sure that, that you are helping your organization learn that. Okay. If you're a nonprofit or a public uh, entity and you know, you just need to stay focused on what you do, do it well, and share whatever you can with those that are hurting. If it's expertise, if it's time, if it's resources. And, and we have to lead up. We have to help our bosses see that right now, if we're not feeding people, if we're not making masks, if we're not doing all those things, we need to find a way to plan the next six weeks. We need to look at the next 30 days. We need to look at the next six months. And be thinking about what that means. There's lots of work for us to do. I am slammed through April. So I don't have time for nervous clients who call me and say, but, but, but I hear there's going to be a grant for that. Hmm. Okay. You know, when you, when you find it, you let me know. Stay <laughs> in our lanes. We need to stay in our lanes. And before I pass it off to somebody else, this is for, especially for those of you working with community foundations, with uh, public and private foundations, this is, there has never been a better time to have a relationship with your funder. Because now you can pick up the phone and call and say, I just wanted to let you know, here's what our concerns are. Here's where we are. That relationship piece that, that introverts like me don't like doing, that may save you. So be working on that. Thank you, Jonna. Kimberly, do you have some tips and recommendations for our audience? Oh, Tammy, you know I do, but I have to just shout out 
to the clever, clever person who called us the lady bunch. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Thank you. I am going to grow my hair out in a shag and I'm going to go buy some shag carpeting in a social distance way as soon as I, I feel inspired. Maybe those beaded uh, curtains like Greg had in his office. Yeah. Anyway. I need some posters. Oh. So I guess the one of the biggest takeaways, I, I certainly agree with Jonna about stay in your lane, but I would twist that a tad and say, what's in your lane that you can do or change or share maybe now for the next six to eight weeks? And because my brain works the way it does, I would rather use some examples. So I'm, I'm working with um, a smaller nonprofit um, in a, an unnamed Midwestern city. And um, they do um, repairs and safety modifications in homes for low-income seniors and veterans, et cetera. So as you might imagine, right now, their national organization has said, guess what y'all are not going to do is home repairs and safety modifications. And so one of the things they're doing now is taking stock. They had a small retail store that closed. And so now it becomes, what are the things that we can do now? Who can we partner with now while we're one looking for that emergency funding that I know several panelists will address um, in a few minutes, but also are there ways we can change the way we deliver services? So they're looking at things like, are there some well um, and home safety check calls they can make? Are there some ways that they can um, work with uh, first responders to do things? I don't want to get too technical uh, because I'll use words and I don't know the meaning of them, but they're called <laughs> And you put them on the outside of houses so that if um, a person inside is in distress, first responders can quickly get in the house and help. So I would say exploring those kinds of things coupled with um, what are some things, what are some things out there? And again, I know we'll have the resource list, but I just want to put it in your head. What are there some things that we can do right now to reach out to funders, to reach out to donors and to reach out to other agencies? in the area. I, um, I've just been really thrilled to see all the strange and beautiful partnerships that have come up, everything from distilleries making hand sanitizer um, to the Atlanta Humane Society taking their puppies on a run through the um, Georgia Aquarium, which was closed, and using it as an individual donor campaign. So there are a lot of things out there that maybe if you've got everyone powered down, Maybe there are ways to power up and still stay in your lane. So I just want to put that out there for you. Thank you. Amanda, do you have some items to share? I do. I've got a couple. Um, so one of the things I will say is that thankfully we are seeing across the board so many funders and individuals stepping up and raising money in big ways and fast, trying to get the money out quickly, um, and which is great, but it's also a bit overwhelming because there is so much stuff and you don't know where to look. I'm really hoping that at this point in time, nobody is expecting us to share all kinds of data about how bad COVID is. I'm hoping that everybody understands this is bad. We all need help. But if there is, say it's maybe a local funder, or I don't know, just if there is somebody that's asking for it, there are some great resources on numbers that are being updated sometimes once or twice a day. Um, so I encourage you at the state level, if you check out your state's either um, 
Department of Health or your state emergency management or Homeland Security um, Department. Um, I know in Georgia, and I've looked at a few other states, those agencies are sharing, breaking the information down by county um, as how many people have been affected, how many deaths, breaking it down by age groups as well. So you may, you may take a look and realize, oh my gosh, we have a lot and they happen to be young, what's going on here? And that's kind of in our, our lane. So maybe we need to be tackling that specifically. So there is data if you need it. Um, and then last but not least, I will say kind of to, to what Jana's point earlier is there are so many people suddenly coming out going, oh, there's all this funding, we should go for it. And I've always been a big believer of just because there's a grant out there doesn't mean it's the right grant or the right time for you. Um, and I think this is even more important now because we are being spread even more thin. I think a big part of our job as grant seekers is to maybe have some real kind of come to Jesus talks with our bosses and boards and whoever we're working for going, I hear you, but this is not right. You know, I, I really think, you know, either, either I'm not the right person for it, or we really kind of like Kimberly said, we're not a food bank. We should not be going after this. No matter, I may be a good writer and be able to twist it, but then we're also taking something from someone who it's meant for. So I think it's just a lot of education all across the board. Great point. Joe, do you have some tips? I do have some tips. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Amanda, and all the other panelists. You know, I, I and these tips are going to change. We're going to have more and more tips. And again, as Tammy said, there are resources that are going to be available. We have a list of resources and other things for you. So we'll be um, talking now, but we'll, you'll get tons of things that you can go through later on. Um, uh, the links and resources that we're recommending. So I think, you know, the key here uh, really is to be as prepared as you can. And being prepared right now might be, as Jonna mentioned, prepared for the next six weeks. Um, what are you doing? How are you communicating with your staff? How are you communicating with your clients? Uh, I think that um, if you um, can, I, you know, a great example, like, like uh, um, Kimberly said, I, I like stories, a great example. I also work in um, healthy housing, lead hazard control, children's environmental health, asthma, work with health and uh, housing primarily, um, a lot of environmental stuff. But one of the groups I just uh, um, talked to, they, um, they have cleaning supplies, they have masks. So they were working with their local um, uh, health programs and clinics and stuff to make sure that they got those. Um, and then they also thought, you know, we have a lot of people that are home now and um, then, which is an unsafe environment for many people, especially for children with asthma right now or anybody with asthma, you have asthma triggers at home, more triggers at home often than you would have at school and you don't want to go to the emergency room. So what can they do for that and how they can they get the tools and resources into the homes they went to the school and as they're handing out the lunches they're handing out packets and they're handing out information there so that was a really creative way to get two people um, to get the information out and to use the the systems that are being put into place so look at how are people reaching out uh, what are they doing they're doing inspections um, using Zoom and other things, which we were, we've never done that before, in-home inspection. So having somebody go around and look at the different things and having community health workers and others talk about um, the uh, hazards that they see. So be creative. And you're going to hear that over and over again. Be creative with what you're doing right now. Be creative with how you can help. Talk to other organizations within your community and see where you might fit together or how you could partner together. Um, I think that, you know, it, it if, if you're struggling with technology or you're struggling or your clients are struggling with technology, there are some resources out there. Somebody mentioned in here that, you know, um, um, uh, Charter Spectrum is giving free internet to 
students. A lot of families don't know that and they're trying to do homeschooling and they don't have the internet, they don't have the resources. So, so look for those resources, help other organizations as you see them. I might not work with uh, students, but uh, I might work with an organization that does and I'm going to make that recommendation or I know of an organization. So sharing resources like we're doing here today, I think is really, really key as you find them, finding them for your organization and sharing them. Um, we're also grant seekers are really looking at how can we build systems and infrastructure that can strengthen our efforts today, tomorrow, that six week cycle and beyond. And again, what I'm seeing are organizations being really creative with tools that are out there where, you know, if this had happened 10 years ago or even five years ago, the tools that we have right now are so different and, and we're very fortunate for that. So find your blessings, find those silver linings, but also again, be really creative. Um, figure out how you're going to do this and don't just think in the here and now, wait a minute, this tool works really well. I'll give you an example. We have a program where we have a lot of difficulty getting people to enroll in the program. And part of it is that we have to go out to their home or we have to meet them in a certain place. And there's a lot of barriers uh, when you have to have that personal connection. Enrollment is up because we're using technology. Do you think we're gonna go back to the old way? Probably not. So let's look at how we're using things and track that data right now, track that data, so that as you're developing your grant applications, you can talk about the impact of using new technology and getting resources for your organization to increase technology, but also getting resources out into the community, into the homes, into the schools, so that we can have these kinds of connections. I have a ton of other, other things, but I know that we need to go keep moving. Oh, thank you. And I want to go around the panel one more time talking about what are funders expecting of grant seekers at this time? You know, what are, what, what are funders doing to respond to this crisis? What might we ask for? Uh, on that, Jonna, could you start us off with what you're seeing? Uh, mute. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> How many times have we all said unmute this week, right? Uh, wow. So uh, one, one of the things that I'm seeing is that, again, if you, if you have an issue, if you have a question, ask it. And I know um, um, someone responded on the, on the chat. Well, but the foundations are swamped as well. They're in the middle of changing everything they're doing. They're changing their priority focus areas to respond to, to COVID-19. And we'll flip it. Ask them, well, what can we do for you? Okay, we, here's, here's our core mission. Here's what we're doing. What can we do? Do you have ideas from the community that we can step up and help with? One of my funders um, uh, did change their focus. They are, they're, what they normally do isn't what they're doing right now. Well, that's okay. But they also have stopped doing any kind of volunteer work in the community because they don't want their, their employees exposed to the COVID. So what, how can we help them find a new purpose for those employees? How can we help them do something from home, work the phones? Um, a lot of us have seen this with our churches uh, how many of you have gotten a call from somebody just checking on you lately? Um, and I know they're looking at a list and they're going down the list, but I want to tell you that meant a lot to me that someone would reach out and check on us to make sure everything's still going okay at the Rogers house. So what, there are lots of things we can do from home to also help and to help that foundation that's also going through some stuff. I know that through the, over the last uh, 10 days, I've, my, my projects have been totally up in the air. Are they actually 
going to fund? Are they going, are we required to submit on time? And if we submit and the funding comes in, what happens to the timeline in the fall if we're all still in this? Wow, that's a bigger question for another day entirely. I'm telling all my folks, we just keep on, on this. We submit. We do the best we can. If, uh, if there's a question in the narrative that says, hey, what are some of the barriers to success? I mentioned COVID-19 <laughs> because it's an absolute <laughs> barrier for us. Yeah. And, and I write to that. So, yeah, that's Excellent. some of mine. Thank you. Kimberly, do you have some to share? It'd be kind of bad if I didn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be like dead time, dead air. Um, I um, would want to say, the question obviously is, you know, what, what do funders expect? And I can't read funders' minds. I would love to. I would love to psychically change some things um, even before all this happened. Like, gosh, those are a lot of attachments. And Wow, that's a really bizarre question, but I'll do my best to answer it. But I think here's the trick I was reflecting on this. I, because I remember so many episodes of the Brady Bunch, you probably already guessed maybe how old I am and not that that's your business, but <laughs> yeah, sure. But um, what I would say is also these things do go in waves and cycles with funders. And I'm not saying that this is the same as the Great Recession or the or post 9-11 or the dot-com uh, boom and bust, but there are a couple of common elements that I have seen from funders. So I just want to mention those. Um, obviously, the issues are very different, but the response seems to be from private funders. Um, I'll try not to wave my hands around too much, but it's kind of like, oh, what are we going to do? We want to help. We want to come in and help. We're going to do this thing. Let's help. And as we all know, sometimes when people try to help without maybe asking the people they want to help what would help, things don't always go as planned. And so I'm seeing some of that right now and I'm seeing from the comments that a lot of people are seeing the same. And it's super well-meaning funders who are going, hey, you know what? Y'all just convert over all your program support. There'll be no site visits, have a nice day. Those are golden and they're growing. But I've also, because I subscribe to a lot of different um, private funders from all across the United States, wherever my clients are, what I'm seeing are a couple of, uh, more than a couple of other responses where the funder, this isn't, I'm going to quote, but I'm just not going to say where it's from. We are all sheltering in place and our offices are closed until May 1. And I'm like, yeah, you're just sitting there on your assets, aren't you? So, uh, so not everyone's responding that way. But how it can affect you as the grant seeker is you don't know, are you dealing with an asset sitter or are you dealing with um, a super progressive helper, you know, who saw the Mr. Rogers meme and decided that they were the helpers too. So I would say the best thing we can do as grant seekers and consultants to grant seekers is to help them position themselves for quick responses to fairly simple um, grant applications with very tight deadlines. I see that over and over in the private sector. Um, and also, if, if, you, if you have built those um, wonderful relationships that John referenced earlier, good on you. But if your foundation folks have never returned calls, they're probably not gonna start now. 
That being said, the best thing I would recommend is come, making sure to sit down with your team and it's like, what, what is the help we need? What are our priorities? And almost create a template. I know that m everyone on this call, um, every panelist teaches grant classes and we'll, we'll say things like, oh, each grant is a unique entity. We don't use that voice, but sometimes, and it's, you know, in these, in this day and time, you, you know, cut and paste with careful proofreading, it's going to be your friend. Because if this is anything like the tight turnaround that I saw right after the, when I worked at a food bank for the, uh, during the great recession, man, there were a lot of opportunities and man, they did not coordinate with each other. And it was just blam, blam, blam. And I just, we called it the grind house. So if there's a way you can take care of yourself and get ready for that little bit of a roller coaster response that might come and it might come in the first wave of immediate aid and then there's going to be a second wave that maybe would be more concerned with economic impact and workforce development and those kinds of things just know that the funders are only people and they're trying to do the best they can do but sometimes their best doesn't include um understanding the impact that their changes might have on your sleep status, for example, <laughs> and just understand that and, um, you know, take your Flintstone vitamins and, but get your little ducks in a row around your immediate needs and have some standard phrasing okay. and wording that then you can pivot and move and adjust and change as needed. I think that would be, I can't read a funder's mind. Um, but, um, I, that's just some funder behavior that I've seen in the past and I'm seeing now. Thank you. Thank you. Amanda, have you any insight into this? I do. I do. And I hope I'm not doing any repeat. Um, just real quick. One thing I would say, and I've noticed some of these questions, um, there are a lot of funders out there that are starting to relax some of their restrictions, mm -hmm. whether it's, hey, don't worry about reports right now, or not only that, like whatever money we gave you, if you need to turn that into general operating or use it for something, they're, they're kind of letting you use it as you need. Um, I think that's wonderful. Um, but the thing is, not all of them are doing that. And so I recommend that if you have not heard from any of your current funders, and you know, like, you know, maybe one of yours was for some big outdoor event that clearly is not happening now. If you haven't heard from them, reach out to them and let them know like, hey, we, we don't want to divert from what we said. But remember, we wrote this application before we even knew that there was this thing called the coronavirus that was coming around. So, you know, what are your thoughts on us putting it to better use because we can't use it as originally intended? Um, worst case is they say, sorry, use it for that or you don't use it. Well, then you have a choice to make to either give it back or whatever. But um, if you talk to them and are honest and kind of lay out like, hey, here's how we'd really like to use it. And you've come prepared with maybe even a budget um, and some ideas. I think they may be more willing to embrace um, making some changes for you. So just know that um, don't, you don't have to wait for them to come and say, hey, we're lifting restrictions. Go to them, start asking those questions. And again, the worst is they say no and you've lost nothing, right? Um, I would also say, I know most people on here are on the foundational side of things, um, but the federal government has released a couple of things, and I'm not going to go into the itty-bitty details because one of the, as part of the resource we share, we're going to give you the links where you can see some of this information yourselves, 
And I will say Kimberly and I um, last week did a podcast really delving into all of these. So if you want to go listen, it's free. Our podcast is Fundraising Heyday. You can find us wherever a podcast is, right? Um, but just know that the Executive Office of the President released a memo allowing um, a reduction of restrictions on federal funds, including reports not having to be done now. Um, if your SAM.gov registration is not currently, or it needs to be renewed, they're giving you an extension on when that has to be renewed um, and different things like that. Um, now, the thing to remember about that is they've, they've passed that on to all the federal agencies. That doesn't mean those federal agencies have to give you those restrictions. So again, I say, reach out to your funders and ask if they haven't already told you about those things. Um, and just, Amanda, if, yeah. if I can just jump in real quick. Um, it's sort of like you went to ask daddy for the money and daddy is the OMB. And the OMB said, yes, of course you can. <laughs> and, but then mama came in, that's your program, and said, uh, no, you can't. Yeah. So OMB exactly. said yes, but you have to see if your mama said yes. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, because I think my thought is if I can get a, a lax and not have to be as stressed as of our, some of our current funding, that's going to free me up for some more time to worry about some of this new stuff coming out. So that's just one thought. Um, also, we know the CARES Act has passed, which that stands for the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, um, and that the whole point of this program is to provide significant funding and relief for hospitals, schools, and other social support programs. Um, and so that's, that's probably a lot of us on these calls, right? And so they've got a variety of loan programs, um, some charitable giving incentives, and, um, you know, that, I know that's most people don't give because they get a don't they get a write off, but it's an added bonus, right? Um, so it's like a thousand page bill. Um, but like I said, there some of the resources. I know independentsector.org has done a breakdown of this. That's personally, I think that's one of the easiest to read and understand. If you go to their website, um, it's right there on the front, you can click on coronavirus and they've got it broken down for whether you're an individual, a small nonprofit or a large nonprofit. So you can click um, and there to help uh, break down the CARES Act and some of the other stuff that's happening. Um, I will say too, I'll, I know there's a lot of small business association loans that are becoming available. Um, a couple of things, I don't really know much about loans, but what I've heard, learned over the past week is first of all, um, your bank, has to be involved with that process, but that only works if your bank is approved to do small business association loans. So you wanna check that out. Um, another thing is, you know, it's, it's nice that they've opened this up for nonprofits, but it's also small businesses. And so even though there's quite a bit of money, I think there's like, is it 350 billion with a B, I think, is how much money? I could be wrong, don't quote me on that, but I think that's it everybody's going to be going for it. Um, and so it's one of those things, if you think you're going to need it, um, don't wait a week to decide. Like you probably need to, from the outset, get going, which it should be opening up. I can't remember if it's Friday or Monday. It's tomorrow. Start, it's think, tomorrow, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't wait around for that. Um, so, but like I said, look at the resources, find what's there and put your focus on what's, you know, the current deadlines, so. Great. Thank you, Amanda. Uh-huh. Joe, do you have anything to fill out what's already been mentioned? Sure. I'll just be really quick here. Um, you know, we've talked about it over and over again. I can't say it enough. Communicate, communicate, communicate in all directions with your clients, with your funders, and internally with everybody within the organization. Keep them up to date with what's happening. Um, you do want to assess where you're at, where you're going, reassess your grant strategies, and whether or not you're going to go forward with those grants 
and again, like Kimberly said, look forward to the fall, to the end of the year, and have a strategy so that you know if this, then that. Um, and there's going to be a lot of ifs. Um, they, I was just on a phone call, so uh, um, Amanda just mentioned the CARES Act. I was on a phone call. We had uh, the congressman from Utah on, and he was talking. He's been working a lot with these um, programs and with the acts and with the packages. There is a proposal for a fourth package, uh, stimulus package, and with that package, we already know, as as Amanda mentioned, there's there are very relatively few funds. They said about 30% of the applicants that are eligible will get funding, will be able to be funded through this program. And so that's why they're, uh, again, talking about that fourth package. And so not only should you be applying, as Amanda said, but you should also be talking to your representatives. And when you talk to your representatives, just like Kimberly said about our grants, you know, create that um, snapshot of what it is that you need, something that you can go out to grantors. Be talking about that with your representatives. If you, or if you are part of a group that works on policy on homelessness or whatever, look, collectively provide them with that information. What's going to happen to our nonprofits and ultimately what would be, what can we prevent from happening? What do we see coming down the road? And again, as I think it was Kimberly that mentioned that there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of data out about what happened in these other types of situations that we can apply to this. It's not going to be exactly the same, but we have a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience and some of us have been through those things. And so, yeah, yeah. And so just know that um, a lot of us have recommendations. There are going to be more resources coming out and, um, you know, the question of will we survive? Collectively, yes, we will survive. Um, whatever you can do to make sure that you survive right now, those people that get in line right now, those people that are taking this seriously right now, we had a person in our grant chat group say that, you know, their board member said, we don't have to worry about this until June. That is that organization. Will we survive that question? No. You're not. The fact that you guys are here right now, you're fighting for your organization, you're fighting for your clients, you're fighting for the better good, you're on board, you're going to survive. Great. Thank you. And now I want to encourage all the panelists to take a peek at all the questions as Amanda has been doing. There's some great ones there. Find, a, find your favorite one you want to answer. Um, any of the panelists, do you have a, a question that you would like to, to throw out and answer? Um, right now. So you can tag it as answer live and then I'll tag it which panelist um, can answer it. Okay. Or wants to answer it. So that might help you. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going so to I have one I can answer. Yes, Joe, can you jump, jump in yep. there? Um, so this comes from um, Cecilia. Uh, and she said, how is everybody dealing with planning events later in the year, four to six months out, if you have yearly events. Uh, my recommendation right now would be plan to have it differently. Um, look at the way that you're going to go about that. I don't think even four months out that we're going to have everybody coming together. First and foremost, not everybody's going to want to come together. Whether or not it's allowed is one thing. Whether or not everybody wants to come together is another thing. Having a way to do it online, having these kinds of events, putting it live, um, having live events on um, 
you know, broadcast on your social media. You know, if you don't have social media, you didn't have a social media uh, platform or a couple of them that you use, now would be a really good time to get invested in that, to get invested in tools like Zoom and to do your events online as much as possible. If you can't do it all online, find a portion of your event where you can still raise money, but people can have the option of being there online. I have some examples, but I'm, I know we have a lot of time, but um, yeah, there's my answer. Great. Kimberly, I'm trying to scroll up here to the one that you tagged. I got it. Uh, one of the, okay. um, the question was from um, Francie, and it was about, um, she was, um, Francie was just hired to build foundation relationships. Great timing. I know you're feeling that. And what should she do to reach out? You should do just that. And know that um, gentle, non-stalkery persistence <laughs> will be your friend. I want to just give you some examples, you know. I, I'm super introverted, so I might try a phone call first, but I also might follow up with an email. Um, if you really are shy, which I don't think you are, you wouldn't have taken this job that involves reaching out to people. You can always call after you think business hours are over and leave a message and then follow up with an email. Subscribe to all of your foundation um, um prospects i would say your list make sure you're on um, you follow all their social media accounts sign up for all their newsletters a lot of them are hosting webinars and you could maybe even do a super informal meet and greet in the chat box um <laughs> but i would you know hey i'm here or and that that's a great way to collect information and reach out i see a lot of people in the chat sharing links and emails and resources so i feel like those are going to be um some good things and oh tammy i see another question that i've answered three times and i would love to answer it right now can i do that do that boom y'all <laughs> y'all if you're having a fundraising event that got canceled i'm here for you because I think I've typed this out five times and once I typed it out to the other panelists and I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I've sent it out to all the attendees and I've answered four of them already on the Q and A. Here's a thing you can do. If your event was supposed to be held between April and like the end of July, maybe not, but this is, this is a strategy that I have already worked successfully with some other clients. Quick examples. Um, Joe mentioned some of them as well. If you are going to have, um, I've heard, here's what I hear. Our event's being canceled, so I guess we're not going to do it until next year. Au contraire, my, my friends. No, you're going to have maybe a virtual event. Maybe there's some little eSports thing. I'm, think, I'm working with a client now. We're thinking about their bowling tournament. Do I bowl? No. Do I understand that there are people who like to bowl and support it for years and probably want to help and don't know how right now? Yep. And so we're working to do a mini campaign a direct mail letter, um, email for their newsletter, and then social media posts around the no-show tournament. It's like, how much would you pay not to have to put on a pair of those gross rental <laughs> shoes? Huh? Well, you send us the money, and then when we're up and ready, we'll meet you and bowl again. And I think now's the time to lean in and communicate with your, with your, your funders and your donors. Ask them how they are, because you do care. And then say, here's where we are, and here's what we're doing. Do you want to help? And I mean, just that kind of mentality instead of, oh, we can't spend any money on marketing or development or grant seeking right now. 
as Joe said, those are, the, those are the agencies that may not make it. I think now's the time to double down. And yes, Ken, people are doing direct mail. It's actually still one of the leading fundraising uh, mechanisms that's out there. I'm not direct mail responsive. I don't understand, but by golly, I will send you direct mail if that's how you like to be um, yep. addressed. And if you're not familiar with that, I would just say, if you're not doing that right now, there's probably someone in your organization who could help you track who, how um, your donors respond through what mechanisms. But do not rule out a letter. I There was a, last thing, small um, organization that I was working with and we did a no-show gala for them. And again, this is a small organization. It was one letter, less than three hours of my time and they're already over $6,000, which for them is, is, a, is massive. Huge. And it was one letter, less than three hours of my billable time and postage. So yeah. don't rule out letters. That's all. Thank you, Kimberly. Jonna, do you have a question that you have? Excellent. Unmute. Okay. Unmuted. Yes. Okay. So Julie, Julie, I'll, Julie, I'm going to butcher your last name. S-U-H-R. Julie asked a question and I deleted it accidentally. And so Bethany sent it back to me. So here we go. Okay. So Julie asked, um, what about like when you, uh, when you have an endowment, you're, you're a bigger organization, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Well, is it wrong then to, Go ahead and do your regular work. Is it something you shouldn't be doing? Um, maybe more needy organizations should be doing this. Well, why not partner with a more needy organization and build their capacity? If you know that the local food bank is eat up with concern, why not loan out staff for a couple of days a week to work on their projects? Why not find a way to make a friend? And this goes to another, uh, another question that came in that said, well, we, we've been, we were struggling before COVID because we're tiny. We have no resources. We, don't, we can't hire somebody like us. Um, well, you know, that may be true, but you could work alongside a nonprofit right now that needs you. And you can learn and you can make a friend. Okay, some of us, introvert here, some of us aren't that good at that. It takes us a long time to make those friends. This is a great excuse to get in somebody else's um, good side and just help. Again, what we've all said here, don't offer to help in ways you can't help. But if there are things you can do at your animal shelter, if there are things you can do at the hospital, um, and I don't mean glamorous things, I mean direct traffic. I mean, what, what do they need you to do? Figure those things out, take a buddy six feet away, and, and get those things done or work from home. Um, back on Kimberly's um, idea of the direct mail, uh, when I worked in the arts for a while, I had a group of, of ladies and all they did was mail and phone calls. And so when they, when we needed something done, that was my go-to. Okay, here are the phone calls I need made. Here are the things I need to find. Let's bring that back. Why can't we be doing that? Uh, we may not can see people, but we can talk to them. Okay. And, you know, talking, that's that thing where you open your mouth and hopefully <laughs> intelligent things come out. Okay. We don't just email people. So there are so many ways of doing this. I'm hopeful that it will help us all be better when we're on the other side. Thank you. Amanda. Yeah, I've got two. One, I noticed in the chat box, somebody asked about, you know, the process of turning their live event into a, a virtual event. And one thing I will just go ahead and say First of all, I'll tell you, I am not 
a, a virtual, like I, I can, I can get on and join things, but I've never run anything virtually. And so that scares the bejesus out of me. Um, but I, I chair the Southern Regional Grant Conference, which is, it's a grant conference in the South part of the country, right? Um, Great name. Shocker. Um, and so we were supposed to have our event in Greenville, South Carolina at the end of the, of, of April. Obviously that's got gotten postponed and we've been debating like kind of like all of you like could we do it in august will people want to come should we just wait till next april should we do it virtually so we just have been exploring all of our options and we quickly decided if we were going to do it virtually we were only going to do it if we could find somebody to partner with who had that experience and so that's when you just start thinking about who do i know that works at different tech companies or has their own platform because they're a consultant and start asking the question. My, my theory is the worst is they say, I can't handle this right now. No, but you know, we were even willing to pay and we've had some people say, you know what, how about we be your sponsor? And that's all we ask in return, you know? So just ask is my thing. Just think about all the options and start asking people, you know, in the community, whatever. This is another reason. Jonna says she's an introvert, but she can ask those questions when she needs to, right? Um, <laughs> Now, the question that was in the question box that I said I'd answer, um, Jennifer Johnson asked about a Chronicle Insider article that made a brief mention of the 440 grant makers that have pledged to provide flexibility. And have you heard any more on this? I am just right the second clicking the link that I have into the chat box over there. Um, the Ford Foundation is one of those. Um, so there's an, a link to an article there. Um, so I just wanted to share that information. Great. That is good. A lot of funders got together and, and they're doing things that should maybe continue on afterwards too. You know, so there, there's some, been some great response uh, there. And can I say, Tammy, one of the questions yeah. I just typed an answer to just talked about how great it is that they have loosened some of these restrictions and how can we get them to see that that's a good idea beyond the pandemic we're in right now. And I just encourage people to, Anytime you see how this has been beneficial to, you know, write a quick note and then after the craziness is over, start having some conversations, whether if they're local and you can take them to coffee or set up a phone call or a Zoom and just explain, like, just thank them for, you know, letting you do what needed to be done and talking about because of this, it has saved us this much time. We were able to serve this many more people, do this many more things. And maybe funders will see that, you know what, if we come from a place of trust, maybe this is better in the long run. So we, you can yeah. only try to get them to realize that yeah. all those restrictions that normally come with it hamper sometimes more than they benefit. So, right. And the more capacity or the more uh, responses to applying for more grants were able Absolutely. to happen because you weren't bogged down with that. Joe, mm -hmm. coming back to you, do you have some questions that you have tagged? I did. I just looked away from it and I'm like, where, <laughs> where did it go? Hold on. <laughs> I know that's kind of moved. Right. You gotta, you gotta uh, well, I know one of the questions was about um, um, that somebody put their application in and now that funder has changed their priorities before they're doing the award. What do they do? And this is a great opportunity for you to look at, as we've mentioned time and time again, look at how, what kind of impact you can have right now. What do people need? And it's not just food and it's not just healthcare. People need mental health services. 
People need help in educating their children. People need a lot of different things that, again, might not be those obvious things right now. And so look at your organization. What are the services that you're providing to your community that could make an impact for the people that you serve right now in the way that you're doing it that could potentially fit with what the fund are saying? They're just not seeing out of that lens right now of we need food, masks, ventilators, those kinds of things. So for, I'll give you an example for asthma right now, you know, that might not be an obvious. It's like, okay, yes, uh, you have kids that are at home, they're being exposed to more triggers. If they go into the hospital, we overload the healthcare system. Our job to make homes healthy, to do healthy housing interventions is key right now. And it does impact the pandemic and our health. So if you can have those kinds of conversations with your funder right now to talk about how it relates to this, because I can tell you that everything, for the most part, can relate to what's happening right now. But it's your job to figure that out. That's going to help you communicate to that funder right now and to other funders and to have those conversations with your donors and even with your clients, how you understand how this impacts them during this crisis. Great. Thank you. Any other people ready, queued up? Jonna, can you? I, I have a, I'm not Jonna, but I have a couple. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's all coming so fast. Like, coming so fast. Um, um, one is from Cecilia. How can we communicate with grant makers the challenges we're now facing, such as addressing clients' needs in a completely unexpected way? Um, I would say, however you can. If you are able to pick up the phone and call, fine. If you need to put together an email, fine. If you need to um, mail a letter, because I know some of these family foundations, y'all, they are like the 80s are calling and they want <laughs> their delivery methods back because if that's what you have to do, do it. But I, I think a lot of funders are taking the initiative, but a lot aren't. And I think it's on us to be the helpers instead of looking for the helpers, you know, because Mr. Rogers' advice was actually for preschoolers, which is cool. It was needed. I'm not knocking Mr. Rogers. Don't at me. Mm -hmm. But we need to be the helpers. And one of the ways we can do that is reach out and say, hey, here's what's going on here. Thanks for your past support. Are you okay? Here's what's going on. How can we work together moving forward? And the second question was from Cindy saying, are funders expecting us to ask for COVID-related funds, or is it okay to continue for, to ask for your other needs without appearing tone deaf? So Cindy, here's the deal. Um, it depends on the funder. So my world is a lot of private funding, and because it's not government funding, there are no overarching um, measures or uh, presidential acts or anything like that. It's just like, pew, pew, what do you want to do? So some folks are continuing as planned. Some funders are cutting proposals in midstream saying, hey, we just don't feel like we can do this. We have to refocus. And some do have COVID funds and others. Community foundations are a great example. And I know there's a link in the voluminous, now voluminous handout um, for the, um, is it the, it's the Community Foundation National Awareness Initiative. Anyway, it's in there community foundations and candid.org where you can um, link to community foundations in your state or states if you have multiple locations to find out what's going on because not all the funding is going to be COVID related, but it's just, we're just in a fluid state right now. So the more that you can check in like you are an old fashioned uh, police person on the beat or a beat reporter to check in 
with your funders on their social media, where they hang out, through their emails, that's just going to keep you more informed and it might help calm you down a little bit. I've just, I'm, I'm getting off Twitter. I'm checking my funders because yeah. um, I feel a lot more proactive. Yes. Yes. Great. And that's a good point, Kimberly. Some of the key elements that I want to point out is the National Council on Nonprofit Associations. They have a link there and it's in your resources to your local or state nonprofit association, which I have been connected to several of those and they are responding and are awesome. It can help you take that federal advice, combine it with local. They could also help you with that advocacy that the panelists already mentioned of getting back information to your representatives for the other funding that may come out. What, what does it need to be? So make sure you make that connection and, and look at that resource. Johnny, you had your hand raised. You I did. Okay. I do. Um, so an anonymous attendee um, said, well, that they appreciate, you know, the stay in your lane. But what she said is, and this, I think we all understand this. She said, um, pretty much every grant we see is for direct relief, which they don't provide. And they're scared they'll go underwater. Wow. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, a lot of us, have worked for smaller agencies who are really dependent on that funding. Here, here's what I'll say to you. Stay out there, be as, as visible and active as you can be and know that this will end. This will not be the norm. It will end. Um, will it end and all of the foundations that we are asking for money from be affected? Yes. The stock market's tanked. Okay. But you know what? That is what it is. We can't change that. All we can do is keep moving forward. It's not much comfort, but I like to control what I can control. If you know me, you know that's true. <laughs> I'm a control <laughs> freak. So, so I'm going to try to find that place where I can either be helping someone else or building my agency. Um, I have a, a son who works uh, for a federal organization, and he had to lay off. A lot of staff. He he is in in recreation, and there's you, we can't recreate, can we? There are a lot of things, a lot of folks who are making some really tough decisions right now. So what I would say is, just remember, this started quickly. It'll be over eventually, and there will be a new normal. I don't know what that means. I don't know that we'll all make it through, but I do know we will be stronger if we are together and if we find others like us who can somehow collaborate, somehow come together to support each other and keep moving forward. The, um, I think Joe said it best. If you don't have a plan, if you aren't continuing just to keep moving, then yeah, it's going to be bad. You got to keep moving looking for a new answer. And I don't know that I have it, but I do know that moving forward is part of that process. Excellent. Well, and John, I would say, cause this kind of dovetails with that. Somebody asked, how is it possible to share mess messaging or answer questions? So organizations don't seem so downtrodden or give off the vibe that the sky is falling. And I think that's the thing to point out is 
yes, this does suck, but it's temporary. And to lay out, here's the things that we are doing to keep us moving forward so that we can come out on the, and the, on the other side, still standing, still serving, still helping. Um, I, I think it's as much as you can be calm and, you know, talk about these are the things we're doing. That, that always makes me feel better to know that there's a plan in place and that we're not just all running around like chickens with our head cut off. So. Thank you, Amanda. Joe, do you have something you want to? I do have two things. Okay. Um, one is that, you know, we, we are all worried about the stock market and what's going to happen with foundations. But one of the good things that came out of the Great Recession was that funders understood that th what they needed to do is change the way that they look at their assets and um, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but what they do is they look at it over a long haul rather than a short return. Yeah. And so yeah. they're, the, what they're giving out it will remain more consistent. So they'll have good years and it still remains consistent. So they'll have low years like they've had and they'll remain consistent. So just know, just because um, we are having a dip in the stock market doesn't necessarily mean that funders aren't going to have the assets that they need. And those funders were also the ones that didn't sit on their assets. They continued to give even above that 5% uh, that they're required to give. Uh, so there's hope. We learned a lot from that period of time. Uh, funders that have been around for a long time learned a lot. So there is hope in that area. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, piggybacking on what Amanda said, having that consistent messaging from the community. So if you work with a, um, um, you know, if you work in a, in a community, whether it's a county or a city, a town, if you can get those organizations that are providing services to the community, um, whether it's government agencies or local nonprofits and create a kind of a town hall for those organizations. What are we doing? Obviously, you'll need to meet ahead of time, but talk about what are we doing? What are the resources that are out there? Create a regular schedule so that people can get the information they need locally. That helps you calm down because you're preparing, you're giving people answers, you know what's happening, and the community knows more what's happening, and they know who to contact. So again, back to that communication, communication, uh, knowing that, that we're all in this together, as Jonna said, we, you know, we're all better together, right? And that's why you all are here. That's why we're here. We're going to make it through this. And I do want to point out, somebody had a question about who we are all with, um, who the, the panelists are. We're all grant consultants, grant trainers. We work with small organizations, large organizations. We all have experience with foundations and federal funding. So we're all resources to you. That's one reason why we're here because we have a broader perspective um, in what all the organizations are going through. And many of us, again, have gone, gone through similar things and we're here to help. Thank you, Joe. Kimberly, do you have a, something you want I, to chime in? Well, I, I want to... Um, I had a point, but now I think this is a better point. Someone has just, someone put in the chat box, Brittany's like, anyone have some words of encouragement for arts organizations? And I would say two things. Well, you, if you don't know me, you know it's going to be more than two. But um, I have seen some tremendous partnerships and outreach from arts organizations to partner with. Um, I watched... Um, uh, a cellist who was temporarily furloughed give concerts on her balcony for people for free to connect people to the arts and beauty. And you, you, get like, you may be like, oh, Kimberly, that's really great and everything, but yeah, mama's got to pay her mortgage. And I'm like, I feel you, but sometimes I think by 
opening the doors, maybe you could raise awareness. And I wanna hold up a much larger example. Um, the Berlin, two examples, the Berlin Philharmonic, which if you like classical music, they're like, ba-boom. They are giving away, um, it's a big organization, they got lots of money, but they have a digital membership um, where you could, before you could pay and you could listen and they're like, hey, for 30 days, membership is free. We'll give you a password that'll expire at the end of 30 days and you can listen to all our back recordings. Here's some suggestions if you're feeling stressed. And are they gonna lose money doing that? Yes. Are they going, are people going to remember their generosity and come back to them and don't donate if they do have the ways and means? Yes. I would also say, um, financially speaking, it's true. During the Great Recession, arts organizations did see a drop off in funding. But on the flip side, as the economy um, opened up, oh, I see the Met Opera is also streaming their operas. Yes, I saw Carmen, it was fantastic. The, so if there are things you can offer for free that help people, that's great. And also know that while you as an arts organization may feel the hurt first, and I'm just talking about finances, I'm not talking about people getting sick and dying and seeing their loved ones, that's another discussion. Just for the money piece, the hurt comes now, but then after, when the, when the economy begins to recover, then you'll see a huge increase in giving to arts organizations. So I would say if there are things that you can do now, I don't know what arts organization you represent, but if, there's, or if there are things you can share virtually, share them. And I also want to say, yeah, I, yeah, we should be worried about the stock market and assets and all of that. But my God, we're, you know, we're all people, even the people who make the funding decisions are people. And if we can find ways to reach out and share that are safe, that don't put people at risk, those are the kinds of things that are going to have, um, it's going to make you feel good. It makes me feel good standing here and trying to share what little I know. It, it pulls me out of what's going on. So the more we can practice that and the more your arts organization could find ways to open out through Zoom, whatever, um, I think that you'll see it returned back. And in the meantime, um, there, there's some of that emergency relief funding um, that could come in handy just to sort of weather the storm. Yeah, you're right. I did come across some arts, uh, emergency funding for COVID mm -hmm. for the arts, and that's in the resources. So mm -hmm. that, is, that is good, too. Uh, Jonna, did you have a point you wanted to make? I did. Um, oh, somebody asked, you know, well, and this kind of goes in with everything we've been talking about with little organizations, medium and big size. Um, but what do you do in, internally to do that leading up to help help your bosses understand the reality of the situation and you know there's so many things there um, that that go back to that work culture and how we as grant professionals are treated this is a time for us to shine this is a time when they really need us to be the calm people in the room and to be the strategic thinkers that they may not be able they may not be in a space to do right now we need to to give ourselves permission to not have what I call hard discussions, but to simply demonstrate and model what real um, effectiveness is locally. Now, let me put that into terms. Um, when, I, when I reach out to my grant peeps and every boss I've ever had has said, you know those people you talk to that seem to know things, would you go talk <laughs> to them? 
Okay. So whoever your grant peeps are, whether they're funders or folks like us, um, being able to carry a message back to a boss who doesn't quite understand, who, who's never been really educated or, or worked with grant people before is a real good thing to have in your pocket. Even this, even this webinar today to say, hey, I was on a call today, got lots of great advice on, on where we fit in this really weird space right now. Got some things I'm working on, can't wait to talk to you about them. That just puts you in the light instead of being, oh my goodness, you have to go find money for us. This isn't a time necessarily for all of us to find money. It's a time for all of us to be thinking about what's next and how to work toward that. So find those opportunities. Um, some of the documents in the resource file, you know, we're always afraid that we'll throw too much stuff at you. But there are some things written in English in there, okay? It, it, and if, you're, if you've never done a federal grant and you'll never want to do a federal grant, you don't have to listen to the federal links. Don't go there, okay? It will be crazy. It'll make you insane. Um, but if you've got something you need from a foundation, there are some great resources there about nonprofits and what we can do to keep moving forward. Coming up with even those small ideas with, with a good bit of news for an organization that's freaking out is what you're meant to do. It's not always about the money, but it's always about the mission. Keep it moving forward and make sure you're, you're part of that leadership solution, not just the grant writer sitting in the back room. Okay, this is a time to step up and be part of that discussion. Thank you so much. Uh, and I, it's time now. I, we've taken enough of your time. I really appreciate the panel taking the time. If you have a parting thought, a parting piece of advice or a common question that you just know, you know, would be a good, good uh, one to answer as we wrap it up here. Uh, let's, let's give everyone a, a chance. And, and Kimberly, do you have one or Amanda? We haven't gone to Amanda. So I'll let, yeah, in a while. She's, <laughs> I could, I could tell by her eyes. She's been watching the, the, the Q and A roll by. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to answer those I can quickly get to. Um, just kind of as a closing note, I think I would just say to, um, it is crazy. There's a lot being dumped at you. You're trying to struggle work and home and this and that. I had a really good friend this morning I saw on Facebook. She spent the morning crying because her dad's health is not very good and he's home alone and her mom's in a nursing home and nobody can go visit her and she's homeschooling. She has a strong-willed child like I do and she's just like, I'm, and, and dishes haven't been done in two days and she's just like, I'm just at my wit's end and I, we've all had days like that and I think it's just a matter of realizing we are one person, there's only so much we can do and taking the time to prioritize. And for me, I've, one of the things, and, and this really isn't even grant related, but I finally quickly realized we can't stay on our normal schedules. My kids want to stay up a little later. They're sleeping later. That actually works for me. I've realized because I can get up and I can have some time. I can get some work done in the morning. Then when they're up, I'm not working for a few hours. I'm helping with homework. I'm making lunches. I'm doing those days. Once I've got them squared away for their day, then I can kind of come back to it. And now I am very fortunate because I'm a consultant. So I can kind of balance and understand that I'm not doing as much as I used to and having to say no to some things. And I know not everybody has that ability, um, but I think it's just being honest with your bandwidth because I'd rather be able to do a little bit 
for months on end because now I'm looking at we're never we're not going back to school this school year so I've got two more months of figuring this out and I want my bandwidth to last that whole time and not to just work so hard for three weeks that I'm just done and can't keep it up so I think it's just having some honest conversations with your spouses with your children with your boss with your coworkers, and also knowing when to ask other people for help kind of like Jana said you know whether it's a grant peep a coworker, and just figuring it out <laughs> great great uh, i want to let people know that we have shared a couple resources where i found my grant peeps <laughs> and uh certified grant professionals if that's something that you have the ability or or would like to find more those links are in the resources as well um so thank you for bringing that out kimberly do you have any parting words I just hope something good happens to everyone today. That's it. That's all I want. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and how about you, Jonna? Did you already wrap up yours? No, I, I do actually. Um, I, Cause I'm, I'm never going to let a day go by without thinking of one of my favorite characters, which is princess Anna for all you Disney people. And I'm not sure that Princess Anna said this, really, or if it was Martin Luther King or Mother Teresa, there's some, some I don't know, some, some, gray some area. con, you know, there's some, there's a little, but I most recently heard it from Princess Anna, and that is that, that today and going forward, I'm just going to try to take the next right step, just the next right step, mm -hmm. that's all, that's, you know, I, I'm, I may be working 15 and 18 hour days right now. And um, my husband says, honey, you're doing that thing again where you just say, if I can just make it to April 10th, if I can just, yeah, okay, if I can make it to April 10th. But the next right step, that's, that's what we're all doing right now. And if we all do that and we do some of it together, six feet apart, we'll be better at the end of this. Thank you. Thank you. How about you, Joe? Well, I, I think I say this for everybody probably that's on here. Um, I could not be more proud of the grant profession and nonprofit groups and many of our funders who are stepping up. And the one thing, I had no fear about what my profession was going to do. I knew we would step up. I know that we are used to working on crazy deadlines and with emergencies. We are incredibly innovative with the resources we have and helping organizations really find their sweet spot and come, you know, rise up to the challenges. This you here today are going to change the world. You're going to save lives. You're going to make a difference. You're going to help people with their mental health. You're going to care. And the other thing is uh, that's been mentioned here time and time again, we're going to come out of this better. We're going to come out of this better because we've learned how to connect more. We've learned how to support more. We've tried innovative things. And so I want you to keep that in mind. Every day is going to be difficult. Come back and listen to a few of these pointers and, and um, make Amanda make you cry. And, uh, <laughs> and just know there are a lot of people with you fighting. We're in separate houses and separate places, but we're here with you. Thank you. And thank you so much, all you panelists and friends. Um, I do want to leave you all with the silver lining that we're talking about here at Foundant, which is this. Um, in well over a decade of working in the philanthropic sector, we've never seen the sector start to become more aligned uh, as much as we have lately. So they're willing to learn 
from others. We're starting to see that more, to tear down silos and to challenge some of these long-held beliefs. So the need and desire to trust is, is more prevalent. And so that gives us hope. And uh, that, that is what makes it feel like this will end and maybe we'll be better for it. So the stone uh, philanthropy is uplifting, powerful and influential sector to be a part of. And, and it's called us upon us in ways that, that we've never been asked before and we're seeing it respond. So that's so inspirational. So on behalf of the panelists and here at Founded Technologies, thank you for joining us and be safe and stay healthy. So that was our conversation. There were so many ideas and so many new ideas because this is a new situation. We're going to keep bringing you conversations like this following the coffee talks that we host online. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. You can look for announcements on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by following Foundant Technologies. And we want to hear from you. Unlike a lot of podcasts out there, you can participate yourself by registering for one of our Coffee Talk webinars. You can register for a webinar or access additional resources by clicking on the links in the episode notes. So from everyone at Founded Technologies, thanks for listening. We hope you found it helpful, and we can't wait to connect with you again on our next Coffee Talk 